Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, and I bring you greetings, greetings from on high. What a mighty God we serve. God is a mighty God, and he is greatly to be praised. I am in awe of the God that we serve. (laughs) He's a great God. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. God has been performing miracles, signs, and wonders in the lives of his children. And I am grateful. I'm grateful for all of the many blessings that God has bestowed upon us in this season and in this hour. As we... um, come to the end and the close of this year. I am just so grateful when I look back over my life, my God, hallelujah, and I think things over. (laughs) I can truly say that I've been blessed. My God, I am a testimony. We started this year out not the way that I intended uh, on January 18th of this year, my God, my mother transitioned into her final reward. My God, my God, what a way to begin this year. But I tell you one thing, the Bible tells us that what we sow, we shall reap. And my God, we'll reap it in abundance. We sowed a sacrifice of the transitioning of my mother from the earth into heaven. And we are reaping the reward of knowing that she has her eternal, eternal blessing. My God, as she is with the Father, to be uh, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I thank God I thank God, I'm telling you, I try as much as I can to get into his presence so that I can feel the presence of my mother, her memories, and just being in uh, 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 consciousness, consciousness of who she was and, and, and the contributions. Sadness comes, and sometimes I have to shake myself may take me a minute, but my God, I am just so grateful that we serve a sovereign God and that he loved her much more than we ever, ever could. Because if it was up to us, (laughs) we would have kept her here forever, forever, ever. But where she is, there is no pain. She has peace, no more worry. She is in full health. She is in under full provision and doesn't have to worry about anything. All right. So I had to get that one out. But I'm going to talk to you all tonight about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. What I'm what I'm seeing what I'm seeing is that we don't fear God. We don't fear God anymore. We just go on and, and you know, we we have this willy-nilly relationship with him and don't honor the um authority of uh, the hierarchy of his order. We are we are orderless people. <laughs> we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it and how we want to do it. And we have no fear 
of God. And I'm not talking about a natural fear. I'm talking about a fear that will put you in awe of who he is. I'm talking about a fear that will cause you to live upright and holy because you love him enough that you want to be reconciled with him. There is no fear. There is no fear of God. Amen. All right, so we're going to get into this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it as brief as I can, but guess what? If I don't, it's more nourishment for your body. This is not meant to be a snack or a bite size. We're going to give you a good old meal today. Amen. All right, so stick with us so we can talk about it. All right. All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it today. We're talking about the fear of the Lord. Do you fear him? Do you fear him? And in order to fear him, you got to know what fear is. What do we mean when we say the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord. I believe David gave us some insight on uh, what the fear of the Lord is. Yes. What is the fear of the Lord? Let's go on to Psalms uh, 19, verse 9. Uh, let me see. Every time I go in here, what did I say? Psalms. I get up to the Old Testament. I was in the New. I don't know what I was reading there. Psalms 19. Verse 9. And I really, I want to read this from King James, and then I'm going to go into my favorite. The Word of God says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. So let's go to the Message Bible and see what it says. And it it starts us at verse 7. And it says, The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24 karat gold. Come on now. With a lifetime guarantee. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. I'm going to read that one more time because I like that. The word of God says the revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way of joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24 karat gold. With a lifetime guarantee, the decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. So what David is showing us here as the author of the psalm is that the fear of the Lord 
brings an immediate reward. It brings an immediate reward. It cleanses and it endures forever. It gives us revelation. It gives us the revelation that God is whole. He is whole and he pulls our lives together. So we can have faith and confidence in knowing that it is God and God alone who will pull our lives together. It goes on to talk about the signpost. The signpost is something that gives you direction. It points you in the right direction, the right road. God cannot be wrong. God cannot be wrong. And when we veer away from the fear of God, When we begin to fear our circumstances more than we fear God, when we begin to fear man more than we fear God, then our lives begin to fall apart. The signpost, the the clear sign of the right road and what direction we should go begins to become murky. Our vision begins to decline because we can't see which way to go because we don't fear God. We fear our circumstances more than we fear God. God's life map. I love how how the uh, translation brings us this revelation. The life maps of God are right, showing us the way of joy, 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 unspeakable joy. (laughs) The joy that God gives us in man cannot take away. It gives us joy. The fear of the Lord gives us joy. What is the fear? What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is commitment to his will, to his way. The fear of the Lord is acknowledging him as king of kings and lord of lords and giving him full reign over our lives. What does that mean, prophetess? What what does it mean to, to actively have the fear of the Lord? That means that when we are faced with our day-to-day circumstances with trials and tribulations that come our way, that we take them to God and we say, Lord, in in simple terms, we need you. You are Abba Father. You have complete reign and authority over our lives. We submit to you. Not our will, Lord, but let your will be done. We don't want to dictate or prescribe how you fix it, but we need you to fix it. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is believing in God's sovereignty, believing in God's uh, uh, provision and his providence, knowing that we serve a God who is intimately involved in our day-to-day living, in our lives, and, and the things that concerneth us. God is the victor. God is the ultimate author and finisher of our faith. That there is none higher. No one can usurp the authority of God. No one can change the plans of God. 
and we as his servants, we as his children, we are sons of God, walk in a level of authority through the fear that we have of God, through the awe of his majesty. Ah, yeah, nabo, shabbat, ah. We've been walking with God long enough. <laughs> As sons and daughters and kings and queens. To know that God is a God who is righteous and holy. And that he is a God who is faithful, merciful, loving and kind towards his children. My God, what is the fear of God? It's definitely not a natural fear. The fear of God in our lives must continue all day long. Let's go to Proverbs 23 and 17. And I'm just going to stick for a minute in the Message Bible. Y'all bear with me. But I may go back and forth. 23 and 17, my God. And it starts at 17, but ends at 18. In the Message Bible, the Word of God says, Do not for a minute envy careless rebels. Soak yourself in the fear of the Lord. That's where your future lies. Then you won't be left with an armload of nothing. <laughs> I love how how practical, how practical those who came before us and walked side by side with God in relationship and covenant. I love how plain the word of God is because he wanted us to get it in such a way that we could receive it and dissect it and live it out. The word of God says, do not for a minute envy careless rebels. We see them every day. They have no fear of God and have the mitigated gall and audacity to try to pull us into their deception. <laughs> but we know too much about them. You can't make me doubt them. I've lived such a while in the presence of the Lord, walking with God, that I know that he's greater than any lie that the enemy could try to bear a tale on behalf of his evil kingdom. I will never be persuaded to turn my heart against my God, to turn my eyes away from God. But we know what the Bible is telling us. We know what the author is telling us. He said, don't for a minute envy careless rebels. The ones we see out there just living any kind of way, uh, uh, sinful lifestyles. I was listening to uh, this guy earlier today. <laughs> this joker. Sometimes when I, I listen to him because uh, his, his content comes across my, um, my feed sometimes. And sometimes, you know, stuff, this, 
things that happen in the church, uh, he, he'll report on it, uh, different church matters. And, and when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the black church. You know, we got our own little segment. But when stuff happened, especially little juicy things, he liked to report. So I guess he a gospel gossip <laughs> reporter <laughs> or something like that. But anyway, uh, he was he was talking today, and 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 um, the issue. Let me let me just say this: the issue. It was a pastor, a preacher, prophet. I don't know what she is, but I used to actually listen to her, but I I don't stop listening to her because. She started going off the wall, but but uh, anyway, she was upset with her congregation because they did not uh, honor her in a way that she felt she should be honored, and she had felt that she was coming under attack because of some critiques that uh, members of her church were giving, and, and they had gone public. And so anyway, she came to, to uh, social media cussing them out. <laughs> so, so that's how I started. I, I was intrigued by the story. I wanted to learn more and see what was going on. But then, but then I start scrolling down his page. And this joker is talking about uh it was it was something dealing with uh homosexuality. No, 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 no. Sexuality, sexuality in the church and fornication and adultery and and he didn't go on it and he did not go into in-depth detail about the different uh categories of sexual sin he was just making the point that uh, uh Christians have sexual desires and sexual needs and therefore uh you know it, good bad or indifferent the reality is that Christians are hooking up in the church. And so so he went on, he played a clip uh, by another televangelist, you know, just talking about um, the consequences of sexual sin. And so, of course, he he had a, um, a different perspective. But anyway... So, so he's using his platform to convey a lot of uh, uh, lies and inaccuracies about the Word of God. And he's a former pastor. He got out of pastoring, uh, and now he has a, a, a platform that he uses. And like I said, it's more. It's, it's a bunch of junk. Y'all pray for me because I don't need to be listening to him no way. But it just it challenged me, and it made me think. That, you know, we want to, we want God to come down to our sin state. We want him to change the rules so that we can live however we want. And so the the major point of his argument was that it is counterintuitive, it's almost oxymoronic to say that God loves you, but because of your sin, that he would allow you to be sentenced to eternal hell and, 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 and separation from him. But the punishment is what he honed in on. And see, a lot of times it just frustrates me that people give this perception of God as if 
we can even critique <laughs> the awesomeness of who he is, the wisdom of, of, of who he is, or even the love that he has for the, the uh, uh, humankind. And what we, what we fail to understand is that sin separates us from God. That's hell. That's hell. That's what it is. It is hell is the separation of mankind from God. And if you are separated from light, you are bound to darkness. The Bible tells us about the um, lake of fire, the gnashing of teeth. That's the word of God. We can't change what the word says. We don't make the rules. We live by them. We are stewards of God's word. And so I started thinking, I said, now he know better. Because, and and maybe he's in a reprobate state. I don't know. I, I, I can't discern it, judge it. Because I don't know him that well, but but to me, if you were ever a pastor and you ever uh, uh, were walking in your calling and had a relationship with you, you had enough knowledge and, and revelation and understanding that you know better than to mislead people into thinking that there is a question of God's love, the quality of his love, the impact or the commitment of his love. Because he cannot turn against his own word. God does not pronounce upon us these principles, precepts, and and, and ways of living because he wants us to suffer. He does it because in his infinite wisdom, he knows the consequences that will come before us if we live a life according to how we want to live it. (laughs) I was talking to my son the other day. Uh, this little boy, I'm telling you, this is my baby. And so he tries to, he, he tries to get under my skin a lot of times. And we, we, we've been debating since that boy was about three, four years old and, uh, started with pinky and a brain. (laughs) We, We just debated that thing. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. But anyway, uh, he's, he's in college now. And so in his school, uh, they, are, they had a, a, a presentation on that neural link. Neural link, that's the chip that you can put in your brain and, and it, it will allow you to, um, it'll allow you to play music, get on the internet, this next Web3 version you know, have some kind of virtual reality. It, it does a lot of things. And so his teacher was presenting it to him, and I told him how frustrated I got because uh, I feel like they target our youth uh, with these things and try to uh, desensitize them to any type of, of logic or wisdom or, or common sense. Uh, because if your teacher is telling you about it, it might it must be something right with it. But anyway, I told him after I said I'm about to pull him out of that school for that foolishness, 
as we were talking about it, he said, well, I'm going to let him put a chip in my in my head. I said, you're going to be like my, my parents' generation. They had to learn that lobotomies were not the right way to go. Uh, but it was after the fact. You know, many humans had been uh, practiced on and 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 we saw the results. I see it now, you know, 30, 40 years later, uh, some of the, the impacts, right? Uh, but anyway, my point to him was that I said, listen, son, just because you have the ability to drive a vehicle, to drive a car, does not mean that you have the wherewithal, the tools, or the knowledge to build one, to manufacture one. In that same vein, just because you got a brain (laughs) does not mean that you have the ability to recreate one, to manufacture one. And think about it. We only use a certain portion, a certain percentage of the brain. So here we are having a brain using only a certain percentage of our brain's capacity. And here we think we can uh, replicate one. No, no. (laughs) Don't you be the example for your great grandchildren to see, oh, oh, my granddad or G-dad, hopefully you keep that name in the family, decided he wanted a chip in his head and he walked, he, he just sat over there limp. We are not the author. We are not the creator. We are, we are not God. And we have lost a fear of God because of technology, because of information. And we want to reproduce and replicate what God has created. We are out of order. We are out of order. We have lost the fear of God. And who else did that? Who else did that? Felt like they had great beauty and wisdom and knowledge and said, hey, I got as much as you. So I am a God. (laughs) God said, I got something for you. Yes, I created you and I'm about to kick you out of the place separate you and bind you to eternal damnation. We got the example. We got the example. But we lack the fear of God. Fear tells me that I'm not going to try to step into God's place and try to do his job. Fear tells me that I'm not going to try to replicate. And y'all, if if y'all been hearing me and listening to my podcast over the last uh, year or so, I've been so frustrated with this uh, Elon Musk and the things that he's trying to do. I get frustrated every time I hear about him going up in, in space and and the things that he's doing with this Neuralink and all of these things. But he wants to be a God. He wants to be a God. And you see, God said, uh-uh, <laughs> you're not going to mock me. 
And we are seeing before our very eyes the judgment of God. The one, um, Mark Zuckerman, Zucker, whatever his name is, with Facebook. Facebook and, and, and Elon Musk, those are two. Those are two. And you see what's happening. God is bringing it down. The the one, uh, Elon Musk, this joker felt like, oh, I'm going to build a metaverse. A multiverse. A virtual reality. To recreate and replicate what God has already done. Who do you think you are? So God had to show them. I'm praying for those that... That there are thousands of people because of their uh, rebellious state, their foolishness, that many people um, envy, many people envy the lifestyles that they have because they are considered to be the, the richest men in the United States and and in the world. People envy them. They are fools. They're fools because they have no fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of understanding. Understanding creates wisdom as you apply what you know. They are fools. And God said, you will not mock me. And so he's allowing them to be brought to public shame. Listen, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? It does me no good to have your riches and, and, and the money that you have. And I have no godly connection. No godly connection. I wouldn't I would not trade my relationship with God for all the riches in this world. I listen to me and I mean this. I've lived enough of my life that I've experienced some highs, I've experienced some extreme lows. But I would give everything away to maintain my relationship with God. He's been that good. And I'm telling you, if you don't know him that way, seek him. Seek to know him. God won't leave you hanging. I promise you that. If you have a fear that you're walking in, in ignorance and, 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 and somebody else's understanding of who God is and, and you fear, you actually fear getting to know him because... You fear, is this real? Is he real? Is he is he a true God? But I admonish you today to increase your faith. 
Because faith is the only thing that will allow you to develop a relationship with a God that you cannot see. You can't tangibly touch, but you can feel. You can't see him, but you can you can perceive him. You can see him spiritually. You can hear him. I had a situation uh, about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And, I, and when I tell you, I knew I heard from God. <laughs> I knew I heard from God. And clearly... And when that thing didn't turn out the way that I heard, that I that I thought I heard from God, I started questioning everything about my ability to hear His voice. And and I, and when I tell you, the enemy hit me strong. And when I say enemy, the enemy of my mind, the thoughts, the ideals, <laughs> I had to begin to rebuke that demon. Just like with any other conversation, I know that I know that I know my baby girl lives in a house with me. And when we're together, we talk, we communicate, and I can physically hear everything that she says. And in hearing her, there are times that I don't understand or times that I don't clearly comprehend what I've heard. So in as much as in our day-to-day natural relationships that we have with one another, we can mishear things that we know we heard. Same thing happens with God. <laughs> but when I, y'all know I, I get dramatic and, and, and extreme my husband, he always say that I go from one level. <laughs> I got one level, one switch, one level. And I had to begin to rebuke that thing. I said, no, uh-uh. because if I can't do nothing else, I know I can hear from God. But it is the fear of the Lord that allows me to have the right perspective. And the fear of the Lord is not a, it's not a natural fear. It's not a, it's not a natural fear. It's not a demonic fear. It's not a religious fear that's been perpetuated by the misrepresentation of who God is through man's agenda. It's definitely not a fear of man. The fear of God is a is a special kind of fear. It's the type of fear that is rooted in love. Now, 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 can you understand that? When I was growing up in my parents' house. I reverenced my father. I had a natural fear of my father because of how he disciplined us in the household. So I had that natural fear that caused me at times to just fall in line 
because I didn't want the consequences of not doing so. But I also had a fear that was rooted in love, a fear that caused me to want to please my father and to not uh, disappoint him or even hurt him. I had a fear that was rooted in love that caused me to want to honor him, to honor, to bring honor to his name, to bring honor to his reputation and to not do things to harm him. I bring up my relationship with my parents and even with my mother and not wanting to to hurt her. That is a fear that is rooted in love that will cause you to do things and to place your own desires to deprioritize your wants and, and, and what you think are your needs to consider the desires, wants, and needs of others. That is a fear that is rooted in love. It's a fear that allows you to be in awe of God, mm. to be in awe of his majesty, to just know that, ah, my God, what a mighty God we serve. He's a God who is so great, but he loves us anyway. He's a God that is reachable, mm. all-knowing, all-powerful God. The fear of the Lord allows us to reverence God. How do you reverence him? You reverence him by acknowledging that he is the highest power. (laughs) I don't, I don't, the thought just came to my mind. I don't get consumed with Uh, or consumed with or or maybe irritated by people who want to replace God with something because they're they're too uh, naturally fearful of acknowledging his existence. And so they'll give credit to nature, to the earth, to the high power, No, 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 no. I acknowledge God, Abba Father, Elohim, my God, Yahweh, Yahshua. He is my God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. There is no replacement. But the fear of God allows you to reverence him in his rightful place. 
The fear of God allows you to maintain an attitude of worship and submission to God, to his Holy Spirit, understanding that we are stewards in this earth. I share with you all, I think the last time I spoke about, uh, you know, just sonship and who we are in Christ and that we are not owners. There's a huge burden. There is a huge burden to be uh, bared as an owner. You have responsibilities. You have accountabilities that God never intended us to have because we are servants. We are stewards. We are not the owner. And as a pastor, I am the under shepherd. I'm not the ruler of this earth. While God has given me power and authority, he's given me dominion, but he is in control. He is the owner. The fear of the Lord seeks to please God. When you fear him, you seek to please him. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You rely on him and learn to rely on him to allow you to walk upright and holy. To do the things that God has called you to do. To not live a life that will not please him. I remember early in my walk, I I was in a relationship with my husband. We were not married. We were living in sin. And I tell young people now, I'm telling you, we, we think we got all the answers. <laughs> Especially in our youth, we just know we know that what we know. But we do foolish things. And because of my disobedience to God, I have sown some things that I've had to reap in my marriage because of my disobedience, my lack of fear of God. I feared losing my husband over the fear that I had of God that would cause me to desire to please him and not to grieve the Holy Spirit. I was more concerned about what I saw before me, young mother, with all of these children and feeling like I needed a man to to be there because that was the model, the structure that I was familiar with. And I felt like I needed it above and beyond the relationship, the covenant that I made with Christ to live holy. But baby, when I tell you, when I got the revelation, (laughs) I told that joke, I said, "Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh." God is calling me to greater. And I acknowledge the call. We can't be living in sin. Either you marry me or push on. And 20 years later, We celebrated our 20th anniversary on September uh, 20th. My God. Been together 30 years. 
I'm not saying it's great or perfect, but we're here. Always room for improvement. But the fear of the Lord allows you to seek to please him. We fear God, and that is a good thing. We learn from Abraham, right? We learn as we continue to go through our Bible study about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Adam and Noah and Job, uh, Job, how they feared the Lord. And because of that fear, that strengthened the covenant relationship that they had with God. Fear of God is a good thing. Because when you fear God, you don't have to fear man. When you fear God, you don't have to fear your situation or circumstances because you know that he is in full control. And all things work together for the good of those who love him. And just like he did for Job, he's going to give us double for our trouble. As he covered and shielded and protected Noah, he's going to cover us and protect us just like he did for Moses. He said, I'm going to elevate you and put you in a place to lead my children out of captivity. What is it to fear God? Do you fear God? Do you fear him over your circumstances? Do you fear him over your own desires? God is a great God. And he is greatly to be praised. Let me hit a few more notes and then I'm going to let you guys go. But I want to talk about Jesus and his life and, and the fear that he had of God. As he walked the face of the earth as a man, he reverenced God. He had an attitude of worship and submission. He didn't fear God in a demonic way. He feared God in an empowering way. Let's look at Isaiah uh, 11, uh, verses 1 through 3, real quick. And then I'm going to have to segment off this so I can, it won't cut me off. Okay, Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 3. <laughs> and it takes us one through five if I read it in this message Bible. The word of God says a green shoot will sprite from Jesse's stump, from his roots a budding branch. The life-giving spirit of God will hover over him, the spirit that brings wisdom and understanding, the spirit that gives direction and builds strength. 
the spirit that instills knowledge and fear of God. Fear of God will be all his joy and delight. He won't judge by appearances, won't decide on the basis of heresy. I'm sorry, won't decide on the basis of hearsay. (laughs) That'd be different if it was heresy. By hearsay, he'll judge the needy by what is right, render decisions on the earth's poor with justice, With words will bring everyone to all attention. A myrrh breath from his lips will topple the wicked. Each morning, he'll pull the sturdy work uh, clothes and boots and build righteousness and faithfulness in the land. The fear of the Lord will bring joy and delight. The fear of the Lord will allow you to have the ability to judge not by appearances or by hearsay, but judge by what does God say. It'll allow you to judge even the needy, even those that God allowed to to encounter you, walk through and, and, and come across your path. To judge what is right. It will allow man to be brought in awe of every word that you speak. Because you honor God and because you fear God, it gives you a confidence to declare the things of God over your life, over your circumstance, over the lives of others. Do you fear? We got to do an introspective look in our own lives to ensure a healthy fear of the Lord. In 1 John 4 and 18, the word of God says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fear is not made perfect in love. Now, when we look at this scripture in first glance, it looks like it's contradictory. It's, uh, it almost seems like it's counterintuitive one to another. But it's about the perspective the perspective that we're filled with and washed by God, by his perfect love, so we don't need to fear his wrath. If we read it in the right context, that's that's what this is all about. What I've been preaching for the last year or so with with so much uh, biblical illiteracy running rampant in the church. That's why we don't have fear. 
That's why we read the word of God. And we think that it's contrary or contradicting itself, and it's really not. Because perfect fear casts out, I mean, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. You become confident in knowing that God got you. Amen. I'm reminded of a conversation I had with my son one time, and and we were talking about uh, one of his his friends, a kid that he grew up with, and um, uh, just thinking about him, it just kind of hurt my heart because right now he's he's dealing with some um, um, legal matters that um, I'm praying, I'm really praying for him uh, that that he will come out of it, but even more importantly, that he will seek God uh, and turn his life over to him. But anyway, we were talking about him and, and some of the challenges that he was having, and this was, I, I think they were in high school, and uh, he's younger than my son, and my son said, uh, his problem is he don't have a healthy uh Fear. He, he he lacked the ability to have a healthy fear of, of life or circumstances or situations. And what he meant by that, that was um, he's just, um, what's the word? Uh, you know, I mean, he, he, he just don't have any sense about fear, caution, you know. He just, he, he, he's cavalier. He's like, hey, you know, I'm not worried about it. I can conquer the world. And so some of us are like that. Some of us are, are like that. We think that just because we haven't seen the consequences of our actions and the lack of fear that we have of God, in our lives, we we feel like uh, there is no consequences. But anyway, since we were talking about fear, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of that. And and in the Old Testament, I love. This is why I love studying the Bible. I love the Old Testament. I love the New Testament. Uh, great anchored stories to help us uh, in our day-to-day living. Um, And I'm so grateful that God did that. But in the Old Testament, they feared God. They really feared God. They feared God's, lowercase g, because during that time, they had a spiritual understanding that now we see has been a little diluted in our modern day generation. Which is why, as I started this out, 
you know, we're in the state and the condition that we're in now. We don't fear God like we used to. But in the Old Testament, and I don't know what's going on with my tongue tonight. In the Old Testament, uh, it was very prevalent, prominent. And they talked a lot about the fear of God. And how they operated uh, through that fear. And some had a natural fear of God that was not healthy. But others understood and had a spiritual fear of God. But what we have to understand as, as Christians and as followers of Christ is that the only is is only the true fear of God that will allow us to be freed from all the destruction of the enemy. Yes, we're going to go through trials and tribulations and things that, that occur in our lives, but fearing God will help us to avoid the trap that the enemy puts before us. To be pulled down into our circumstances in a way that is not honoring to God. The fear of God starts with a relationship with him, a confidence in him. Let me see in Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 and 2, the word of God says, these are the commands, the decrees and laws. And let me say, these are the commands, the decrees and laws. The Lord, your God, directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Now, I feel like it is our responsibility as the elders, the matriarchs, the patriarchs of our family units to make sure that every uh, member of our family understand Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and make this the mantra of your family, the foundation and the basis of your values to get a clear understanding. The fear of the the Lord is loving him. Loving him and building relationship with him and understanding that he is a loving and just God. The fear of the Lord will cause you to recognize that God is loving, merciful, and forgiving. But it also lets you know that he's holy and just and righteous. To know God, we must understand his character. Understand that in his justice and holiness that he has purity and perfection. 
God has a complete character with no flaw. He is completely separated from darkness and evil, and there is no sin in him, yet it causes him to judge sin. And because he can't go against his own word, he judges us through loving kindness. Understanding that God is a loving and just God allows us to appreciate the character of God. We talked about the fear of God producing awe. To be in reverent awe of his holiness. The fear of God allows us to give God complete reverence to honor him as the great God that he is. The God of great glory and majesty and purity and power. We haven't gotten here yet, but when we start to learn about the Exodus and how on on Mount Sinai, Uh, When God revealed himself, there was thunder and lightning and the thick clouds over the mountains and loud trumpets were blasting and all trembled. That is the greatness of the power of God. (laughs) The people feared God in such a way that when they saw this and they experienced this, they said, okay, Moses, we we appoint you. <laughs> he was already appointed. He was already the leader. But they said, we appoint you to go up and, and, and talk to God. You are leader. Go on up there. <laughs> we, not, we, not, we not going up there. We, we heard all that. We saw all that. In Psalms uh, 33, 8 through 10, the word of God says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Can you imagine? A God that speaks and it becomes. Everything that was created in the earth, in the world that we know today, was done and begun by God who created it. The fear of the Lord produces faith. True fear, real fear of God will cause us to place our faith and our trust in him and him alone, especially for our salvation. In Exodus, when when they began to cross the Red Sea on dry ground, come on now, now that's 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 a miracle. But that but God didn't stop there. He didn't start by part, parting the Red Sea and allowing them a way of escape. He destroyed their enemies. <laughs> But the word of God says, fear the Lord and put their 
and put your trust in him. And that's what they did. They feared the Lord and they put their trust in him. Fear boosted and created confidence and hope and trust. We need a healthy fear of God so that we can experience his mercy and his forgiveness and ultimate salvation. The fear of God produces faith that allows us to be moved to believe and to trust God. The fear of God allows us to acknowledge and recognize that God is angry about sin and to know that the God that we serve as loving and kind, merciful and full of grace that he is, God will punish those who stand against him, punish those who are arrogantly against him and that will break his principles a loving God. And when he begins to chasten us and chastise us for the things that we do, we must know that he does it because he is a loving God. He's trying to prevent us from a life of eternity separated from him. (laughs) They got this thing going around now uh, with young parents um, what do they call this? It's, it's a parenting style. And it's around being more uh, cognitive, I guess is the term I'm looking for, uh, with, with, with your children just being more understanding. Is it positive rearing or something? I don't know what they call it. But there's an element of it that is either is misconstrued or or it is just left out of the logic. But there is a need to discipline. There is a need for healthy discipline. God uses it to help to rear us. You know those times when we hit our head against the wall in life? Situations and circumstances just take us out, take us down, not out. Sometimes we think the enemy picking on us, but (laughs) not realizing that we are reaping what we've sown into our lives. When God tried to stop us, but we decided we're going to do stuff our way, and then he chastises us. Same with the parent. Adam and Eve had to learn. They had to learn. (laughs) When they sinned, when we learned this in Bible study, what did they do? They had a natural fear of God. And they tried to cover up their sin. They tried to cover themselves up. But if they had the right fear of God, 
the fear that would cause them to have awe of his majesty and to understand his providence. They would have known that even though I messed up, God's going to cover me. He's going to cover me. He covered them even though they messed up. Remember Moses when he spent 40 days and 40 nights praying for the sins of the Israelites. He said, I feared the anger and wrath of the Lord for he was angry enough with you to destroy you. Sometimes fear will have us to acknowledge the wrongness in our ways. It'll put us on the wrong side of God's justice and his discipline. God is a great God. He has matchless power. No one can compete against the God that we serve. We need to become obedient. Teach our children the ways of the Lord to fear God like our forefathers did, like our ancestors did. Bring back a healthy fear of God into the world. Grow in sanctification and spiritual maturity. Worship God with all your heart. Acknowledge and accept the promises of God in your life. And be humble yet confident, knowing that God got your back. And just like the children of Israel, when they were faced with their biggest challenge, as they were fleeing from captivity into freedom, and the promised land. They had a fear of God that drove them to believe, (laughs) y'all got the wrong ones. I don't know how he's going to do it or what he's going to do, but ooh, I feel sorry for y'all because he's about to bring us up out of this. And they knew the God that they served. Listen, it is almost 5 a.m. My time to get up. I got up at about 2 o'clock. It caused me to not go back to sleep. But God put this message in my heart to share with you. And I promise you it'll be a blessing in your life if you seek God. If your, if your barometer of fear is not where it needs to be, seek God and ask him, endow me with your Holy Spirit and a healthy dose of fear so that I can walk in unity and unison with your will. God desires for us to Live 
and abundance, a life of joy and peace and happiness. But we have to understand the path to getting there. I want to thank God tonight for spending time with us, giving us this word, this rhema from on high. Father God, we thank and praise you for just all that you are, all that you have done. We celebrate you and your majesty because you are a great God. I thank you for this message. I thank you for the urgency that you placed on my heart to give it to your children, to my children, to those that you have given me the charge to lead as an under-shepherd of your kingdom. It is my distinct honor to do what you have called me to do. Now, Father God, we thank and praise you, and I pray that everyone who has heard this word, that it will be manifested and made alive in their lives, that they will have a fear of you that will enhance and increase their day-to-day living. Father, we thank and praise you and honor and adore you and seal this prayer tonight or this morning. (laughs) through our faith, and ask that you will dispatch our angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. And Father God, we pray for immediate manifestation of your glory over this prayer. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen.